This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It's six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. 17th day of June, 2021. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call. Welcome to those of you listening online at sportscountry.net and those of you uh, watching on Facebook Live as well. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Um, Another wild game for the Boston Red Sox last night down in Atlanta. Um, more grousing about the uh, sticky substance uh, rule that baseball has implemented uh, around the league. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're going to hear this for a while because every time, every time a pitcher gives up a bunch of runs, they're going to say, well, you know, it's not the same. I, I'm trying to, you know, figure out a new way to pitch. Uh, you know, and, and so... <laughs> It comes across as sour grapes. We'll get to that, you know, in a second. Because it, 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 frankly, I, you know, I watched the game last night, and it was a fun game to watch. Um, but then I, you know, I, I get up this morning, and I'm reading the Boston Globe, and, you know, Garrett Richards had some, you know, it, it just it sounded like sour grapes. And uh, uh, I'm about, you know, <laughs> I'm glad that the Sox won the game, but, you know, I want to look at Garrett Richards and say, you know, shut the F up, you know. But uh, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, by the way, I was watching the Today Show this morning, and uh, as I do every morning, and uh, Jenna Bush Hager, uh, George W. Bush's uh, daughter and the granddaughter uh, of uh, George H. W. Bush, jumped out of an airplane today uh, in honor of her grandfather. I think it was his. It must have been his birthday today, uh, and he tr- routinely did that on on uh, on his birthday. And so she did it for the first time today. And I was trying to think about what would make me want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. And I can find <laughs> no reason. Unless that puppy is on fire and going down, there's no way I'm jumping out of an airplane. I just I can't see it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I know people do it all the time. And, oh, it's great. It's fun. Baloney. You know, uh, there was a guy yesterday in Connecticut that set a record for most skydives in a day. He jumped out of an airplane a hundred times yesterday. Every like every six or seven minutes, he was doing another jump. Now I turn I turned to my wife Barbara and I said, "You know, you're jumping out a hundred times. You know, I'd be worried that just one time that that chute is packed wrong." And you're toast. I mean, you know, and that's a that's a one percent uh, chance. Now I, I realize that it, the the number of times a shoot doesn't deploy properly is you know w- way less than one percent. But still, you know, there's a one percent chance that on one of those jumps you're going into the ground like a dart. 
I just, I, you know, so I, again, unless that plane's on fire, I don't see it. And I did say to Barb this morning, I said, well, you know, maybe, maybe if I get to, if I reach 90, maybe I'll jump out of an airplane when I'm 90. And she looked at me and said, I'm never jumping out of an airplane. So it's one of the things we have in common. That's for sure. All right, let's, let's get to sports. And, uh, the Red Sox game last night, uh, the second straight night, the Red Sox beat the Atlanta Braves. 10 to 8. Garrett Richards goes four last night. Gives up seven hits, six runs. Only four of them were earned. Struck out three, walked one. He's lucky he only gave up six runs because, you know, they made a, they said in the Globe this morning, well, he pitched two scoreless innings in the first. Well, yeah, he did pitch the first two innings scoreless, but it was a tightrope in all of them. I mean, he was in trouble in both innings. And Atlanta was not missing contact. They were crushing the ball. He was just fortunate. Uh, a little unfortunate. Now, Hunter Renfro made an error in right field on a, a, a ball lined out to him. I mean, it's, you just don't see guys drop balls like this. It was unbelievable. Uh, and the funny part was the official score in Atlanta originally ruled it a double. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Ray Charles could have made that catch. Uh, so uh, they did eventually change it to an error, as they should have. But uh, So Richards ends up giving up a, uh, a bomb of a home run. He threw, uh, I guess it was a, a curveball. And, uh, when I tell you this thing, uh, was hit by Dansby Swanson, I mean, pff, nobody even turned around. It was that it was hit that hard. And so it was the end of a bad night for Richards, you know, a game where his team got him a huge lead. The Red Sox, uh, scored two in the first, took a 2 nothing lead off of uh, Ian Anderson, one of their great young pitchers. Atlanta comes back, scores one in the third off of Richards. Um, you know, the Red Sox scored two more, so it's 4-1. to one. Now it's 4-3. to three. They scored two more in the fifth. They're up 6-3 going into the bottom of the fifth. All Garrett Richards has got to do, right, is he's trying to get the win. So he comes out for the fifth, and boom, 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 game, you know, see ya. Game's tied. And I'm like, here we go, you know, and uh, fortunately for the Red Sox, um, it was Christian Arroyo to the rescue. After Atlanta took a 7-6 lead, uh, Salamora came in to pitch uh, and gave up a home run in the sixth inning uh, to Freddie Freeman, an opposite field home run that was a bullet. So the Sox go into the seventh, and they're trailing by a run. And then Christian Arroyo comes up with the bases loaded. And uh, absolutely destroyed a baseball with two outs, bases loaded, a one-two pitch. And uh, A.J. Minter threw him uh, an 89-mile-an-hour slider, and he lost it. And it went 467 feet. Fourth homer of the season for Arroyo. But three of those four home runs have been uh, epic, right? I mean, it, it was, uh, remember he had a uh, a home run against Houston in a game that the Sox had to have. Uh, he had a home run against Toronto that tied the game up. You know, he has made a habit 
this season of hitting home runs in big spots. So good for him. Uh, you know, and he was obviously excited and, uh, he's got that whole bat flip down now. I, I've watched the last few times he's hit him. He stares the pitcher down and then kind of flips the bat aside. And, uh, so the Red Sox end up winning it. It was an adventure right to the end. I mean, even after they, they get the, uh, the lead back, uh, Darwin's and Hernandez walks a guy, but manages to get out of trouble. Thank God with the bases loaded. Josh Taylor pitches another scoreless inning, although he walked a guy. Adam Adovino gives up a couple of hits and a run, um, in the ninth, but the Sox hold on to win it 10 to eight. And after the game, and this is where I, I got a little hot this morning. Garrett Richards' comments after the game to reporters was, you know, look, um, if you think, you know, if you if if you watch baseball from now on, he says you're going to see some interesting things. He said, be prepared for four-hour-long games. He said, I'm just grateful that I got this far into my career before we're at this point. So he basically said, look, I've been using the stuff. You know, I've been using the mixture of sunscreen and rosin. And uh, he said, look, I, you know, that he, he, he intimated that he's going to, you know, follow the rules. Well, of course he's going to because otherwise he's getting suspended. But he also said he doesn't agree with it. Um, and, and so, well, you know, this is the, this is the, see, you know, this is all, every pitcher around the league. See, I told you, I told you, I told you it's going to be, it's going to be awful. You know, um, he said, uh, "He said, I think tonight spoke for itself. Come on. He said, we're going to follow the rules, and this is the game we're going to get. You know, now the other part about it last night was uh, Richards did lose command. He hit two guys in the same inning. His ball moves a lot anyway. And, uh, he, you know, and, whether, and he can say he lost a grip or whatever, but look, he's not the uh, – Garrett Richardson isn't a guy known for his pinpoint control with or without the sticky stuff. He still has trouble, you know, getting the ball in the strike zone because his ball moves so much. You know, and he and he said, look, he said that we can't just use rosin. He says, I don't know anybody who does that. He said, maybe I'll come up with a new pitch. He said, but this is what we're dealing with. You know, come on. Um, and yesterday, uh, Rich Hill you know, the veteran who's pitching for the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays this year basically threw his Players Association under the bus and said, you know, look, we all knew this was coming. He said, you know, he, but he thinks it was a distraction to put hitters and pitchers against each other. He said it's not going to help us do the, you know, grow the game. He said, and the Players Association should have gotten together with MLB and come up with a solution. He's not wrong. He's definitely not wrong. I mean, and there's been talk, you know, that Major League Baseball has been working for the last couple of years to try to come up with some kind of a a tacky substance that would be put on the baseballs when they're manufactured. You know, for instance, right now they get rubbed up with mud, right? Well, you know, the problem with the mud is is that it takes some of the sheen off the baseball, but uh, depending on where you are and how dry it is, you know, that stuff becomes like, you know, dust, and it actually can be slippery. So, you know, having a, you know, some kind of a sticky substance is not a bad idea, but 
what these guys were doing is above and beyond. And last night, by the way, they were using the uh, the stat cast and the spin rate on Garrett Richards' balls was about 200 RPMs less. And by the way, his had actually gone up for a couple of starts after Major League Baseball announced that they were going to crack down on it. So that tells me that Richards says, screw it, I'm still going to use this stuff up until the very last second, and that's what he did. And it hasn't helped him. He, you know, he's gotten whacked around with or without the stuff. So it just pissed me off that you know every time now we have a, a high-scoring game, it's going to be, see, I told you. And, and the part about this that bothers me is, okay, how about we just learn how to pitch? Again, we, and, I, and I don't know, I'm, I keep going back to this. You know, but I don't want to hear this. See, see, how about the fact that, you know, the playing field is now level and there are some very talented hitters out there. And it doesn't matter if you uh, throw the ball 102 miles an hour. Major League Baseball hitters can hit 102 miles an hour if the ball doesn't move, and that's where the sticky stuff was. It was making it move, and then everybody's striking. I mean, there's got to be a middle ground somewhere. I don't know what it is. But my problem is is I don't believe that we are in for four-hour games because of this. You know, we saw low-scoring games in baseball yesterday. Not every game was a blowout, folks. The Cardinals and the Marlins played a one nothing game. The Reds and the Brewers played a two to one game. We had three to one. We had three to two. We had two to nothing. We had normal performances. Not every game was a blowout. Were there some where there were a lot of runs scored? But yeah, there always are. There was a six five game. That's a normal baseball game. It's great. It's exciting. A couple of eight seven games. Those are fun to watch. Look, I like pitching as and defense as much as the next guy. But if you have that every day, and which is what we've had. It gets boring, and you lose fans if there's no excitement. It's like, and, and again, I've said this before, I don't understand how people can like soccer. I don't. I don't get it. You watch a soccer game for, you know, two hours, there's one goal scored, and people are excited. And yet they'll tell me that baseball is boring because there's, you know, five runs scored, you got a 3-2 game in two and a half hours or three hours, that's boring. But watching a soccer game for two hours when one goal is scored, that's exciting. Get the hell out of here. You know, so, you know, it's not all about the baseball. It's all about crappy pitching. And how about Garrett Richards isn't Cy Young? Or isn't, you know, Garrett Richards isn't Trevor Bauer? Or Garrett Richards? Or, I mean, or Garrett Cole? You know, he's Garrett Richards, and he's a journeyman who's had some injuries who isn't an ace for a reason. Because you ain't that good. I'm not saying he stinks, but he's not as good as he thinks he is, for God's sake. I'll listen to this stuff more, you know, from, you know, the top flight pitchers. I'll listen to it from Kershaw and Bauer and Cole. Uh, although I don't want to listen to it from Glass now because that sounded like sour grapes. But tell me, Garrett Cole, everybody thought Garrett Cole was cheating. Well, if he was and he's following the rules now, how about he went out yesterday and pitched eight innings and only gave up two runs? His strikeout numbers were down. And I think all I think we'll see a lot of strikeout numbers down, but you know, two runs over eight innings and just four hits. So tell me it's the baseball. Tell me Ross Stripling from Toronto yesterday, who by the way is never going to be confused for a team ace, can pitch six and two thirds yesterday, give up two runs and three hits and strike out nine. But it's the baseball. No, it's awful pitching. 
So I don't want to hear that kind of mess from Garrett Richards. I don't. And I don't want to hear it from anybody. You know, I'll, you know, again, are there going to be some circumstances where that little bit of extra grip would be a nice thing if you're trying to break off a really nasty slider to get out of a jam? Well, of course. But baseball's been around, as I said, for 150 years, and we didn't have to, you know, and and were there guys doctoring the baseball? Yeah. The problem is, is that they took everything to the next level, as everything is in baseball. We went from, you know, uh, look what happened with steroids. I mean, look at Barry Bonds. His body exploded. You know, if you watch Barry Bonds, look at Barry Bonds' uh, physique when he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates when he was first coming up. And he was a hell of a player then. And then look at his body at the end of his career when he looked like the Incredible Hulk and he had like, it looked like he had swallowed the young Barry Bonds. Seriously. You know, in you know, it, athletes take things too far. If they think they can get a competitive advantage, they're going to take it too far, and pitchers have done that. So now it's time to rein them in. You know, so I'm sorry. I do not want to hear Garrett Richards talk ever again. And by the way, congratulations to Richards. He got his first hit last night. Yeah, RBI doubles. Good for him. But he also stunk. I'm sorry. You know, you hit a couple of guys. You give up seven hits in four innings. You know, you give up an absolute missile to Dansby Swanson, and, you know, you want to tell me it's the baseball. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. So, anyway, uh, last night's game ended a string of 17 games in 17 days for the Red Sox. And uh, they have the day off today. It is much needed. But here's the thing, and this is if you are a Red Sox fan, even if you're not a Red Sox fan, you have to admire what Boston just did. 17 games in 17 days against playoff teams, right? These teams were all teams that made the playoffs last year and that are likely to make the playoffs this year. And, and, you know, I said when this stretch started that this was going to tell us a lot about where this Red Sox team was going to be for the rest of the season. If they, if they fell flat on their faces in these 17 games, they were done. But what did they do? Now, other than the Astros, the Astros, Astros won four of the six, right? But they swept the Yankees. They split a series with the Blue Jays. And they swept the Braves. They went 10-7 and seven in those 17 games in 17 days. 10-7. and seven. I'll take that in a heartbeat. Oh, and they swept the Marlins, who made the playoffs last year. Not going to make it this year, but they made the playoffs last year. You know, so 10-7. and seven. They are now a season-high 15 games over 500. So, you know... We have to come to the realization, and everybody that's waiting for the Red Sox to fall flat on their faces, I don't think it's going to happen. This is a pretty good team. Yeah, the pitching has struggled. I mean, and you think about it, over those 17 games, this is what makes it really remarkable, as uh, uh, Pete Abraham pointed out in the Boston Globe. In those 17 games, the starting pitchers had an ERA of 6 0.32 and average just 4.9 innings a start. They couldn't even they didn't even average 5 innings a start and had an ERA over 6. It's unbelievable. 
and they went 10-7. and seven. And, by the way, with a lineup that isn't hitting half the time where you've only got four, four or five guys in that lineup you can count on, and everybody else, it's like you pray. Anything you get is a bonus. So, you know, now the Red Sox have today off. They'll have another off day on Monday. So, you know, two days off in, in five days. They'll have a chance to kind of reset a little bit. And, you know, the good news is they're going uh, to play at Kansas City, Kansas City team that is reeling right now. Now, then they've got to go to Tampa. That's going to be obviously a challenge. They're a game behind the Rays right now. Um, so we'll see how they fare down in Tampa. And then they come home, and they have the Yankees, who they swept. Now the Yankees, they're not going to sweep the Yankees again. I, I don't see that happening. And then the Royals come in. So you've got six games against the Royals, you know, along with six against the Yankees and Tampa. You know, and then they go on the road to the West Coast and play the A's. It's going to be a handful. The Angels, you know, those West Coast, you know, Trips are a bitch. There's no question about it. And then they have the Phillies at home before the All-Star break. Uh, this team, this Red Sox team, is not going away, folks. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I it, I have a hard time seeing them collapsing to a point that they don't make the playoffs. I mean, could it happen? Of course. But I think, you know, the pitching isn't going to continue to be this bad. I have to hope that Erod's going to figure it out. I have to hope that, Evaldi can pitch the way he did his last time out. And look, you know, by and large, he's been their best pitcher. You know, Richards, Pavetta, Par- Perez, it's a crapshoot, you know, and uh, in, unless they can continue to play like Harry Houdini and get out of jam after jam after jam, I don't know what's going to happen as far as they go. But we also know Chris Sale's coming back in August. And by the way, he, had, he threw an up-and-down bullpen in Worcester the other day. Re- yesterday's reports were great. He wasn't talking anything about the arm. He was talking about mechanics. So there was no concern about fatigue or pain or anything like that. It's a beautiful thing. But this team isn't going to go away. I just hope that the excuses from the pitching staff go away when they don't pitch well. That's the stuff that's got to stop. I do not want to hear that. Uh, I said that the uh, Red Sox are just a game behind the Rays, and that is because they lost to the Chicago White Sox yesterday 8-7, to seven, Yasmani Grandal with an RBI single in the bottom of the 10th inning to give Chicago the win. Um, Ryan Yarborough, who's been pretty good for Tampa, was not yesterday. He gave up 10 hits and 7 runs in 6 and a third innings. It was ugly. The Tampa Bay uh, bullpen kept him in it, but uh, Pete Fairbanks ends up giving up uh, the go-ahead run in the bottom of the 10th. Um, Jose Abreu, his 12th home run of the season yesterday. Tim Anderson, uh, another strong game as well. Uh, Anderson went two for five, now hitting 313 on the season. But uh, uh, So Chicago now 43-25, and 25, the best record in the American League. Uh, the White Sox have won 10 of their last 13. Uh, and look, they're, you know, now Cleveland is, is, is hanging with them. Uh, Chicago still with a four and a half game lead over Cleveland. I just don't think, and, and we know Cleveland's got great pitching. I just don't know if they have enough bats to hang with this really, really good Chicago White Sox team. Um, the Rays now though, uh, have lost two in a row. So the Sox won back and, uh, you know, who knows, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see if they can catch them. That, that series down in Tampa is going to be big. Rich Hill, um, will pitch tonight for the Rays. They are the, in Seattle tonight. 
So they go from uh, Chicago, where they had their hands full, to uh, taking on the Seattle Mariners, where they should uh, fare much better. And the White Sox, a huge series for them tonight. Uh, of course, the Houston Astros have been playing very, very well lately. They've won uh, 7 of 10, 3 in a row. Uh, the White Sox will be uh, uh, at Houston tonight. It'll be Dylan Cease taking on uh, Jose Urquidy tonight. So that should be a very, very fun game to watch. I'll probably watch that game since the Red Sox are, uh, are off tonight. It's 30 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 32 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. Hey, today's the start of the U.S. Open Golf Tournament at Torrey Pines out in uh, the San Diego area, the home course of Phil Mickelson. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Phil can be in contention here, of course, winning the Players' Championship at uh, or the PGA Championship at 51, uh, becoming the oldest ma- uh, major champion in history. Uh, great accomplishment. Uh, whether or not he can repeat that at Torrey Pines, and obviously he would love to basically in front of his home fans. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, we're going to have Sam Dostler on tomorrow uh, to talk about uh, the U.S. Open Golf Tournament. He's going to be on with us at 9.30 tomorrow, so I hope you can join us with that. Uh, one, one, you know, The cool thing about having the U.S. Open out on the West Coast is you actually get to watch golf kind of like in prime time, right? I mean, they can play until – you know, eight o'clock or so. So, you know, we'll have golf on until uh, 11 o'clock at night on the East coast. And of course my, my wife tonight is working late tonight. So she's thanking God for that. So she won't have to be subjected to that because normally with the Red Sox off tonight, she'd be like, Oh, it's Christmas. I don't have to watch. Maybe, maybe I get a night off of watching sports, but of course the U S open will be on. So, uh, but she's working late tonight. So, uh, she gets uh, a break. Uh, and, uh, speaking of U S opens, the U S open tennis tournament, uh, announced yesterday that they are going to allow 100% capacity during the entire tournament. Uh, of course, the state of New York recently opened up everything, and uh, Yankee Stadium is having its reopening day against the uh, Oakland Athletics coming up on Friday. City Field can have full capacity as of Friday as well. Um, and uh, so the USTA has decided that they are going to have full capacity as well. So uh, great to see. I mean, it really is. I was, I was watching a Today Show, as I said this morning, and they got they had a concert, and they had, you know, I, I don't know if you ever watch it, Dave, but they always have, like, people out in the plaza outside the studio, and they come out. They had actually had people outside today for the first time in, uh, you know, a year and a half. So uh, it was, uh, things are, I guess, uh, as normal as they're going to be. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's a good thing to see. I've actually gone into, I don't know, three or four stores in the last uh, week without a mask on. And it it felt weird the first time I did. The first time I walked in without a mask on, I felt like I was naked. Uh, but now, you know, it's, it's it, you're used to it. There still are some people wearing them, and if you're not vaccinated, you probably should. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's fun to see uh, life coming back to uh, some semblance of normal. Uh, speaking of normal, and uh, this is where... Uh, I already mentioned this, but Garrett Cole was the normal Garrett Cole yesterday for the New York Yankees. The Yankees beat the Toronto Blue Jays yesterday uh, in a pitcher's duel. It was three to two, you know, and there were only 10 hits combined between the two teams. So I don't think that the uh, lack of sticky stuff made a difference in this game, Garrett Richards. I'm just saying, but Cole, eight innings, 
uh, pitched really well, picked up his eighth win of the season. Aroldis Chapman, a shaky ninth inning. He allowed the first two guys to get on with singles, uh, but then wiggled out of trouble, picked up his 14th save of the season. Ross Stripling was really good for Toronto yesterday. Struck out nine, um, just two earned runs and three hits in six and two-thirds innings. Um, so yeah, he looked uh, uh, he looked really good. <laughs> there was one thing that uh, he did yesterday that was not cool, though. And um, he was on the mound, and uh, one of his fielders made an error behind him. I believe it was uh, Joe Panic, and it was a big play. It would have it could have led to uh, a, an inning ender. Panic ends up making the mistake. The Yankees end up scoring a run on it, but Stripling basically showed up. Panic Throw, throws his hands up in the air and yelling at Panic, and you know you just don't do that. You know, uh, you know, because you don't see the guy at second base screaming at you when you serve up a meatball that gets hit 450 feet, you know. And to Stripling's credit, he did go on social media later and uh, apologize and say, yeah, you know what, I should not have done this. And basically and said, said, you know, those of you that are young players, be better than I just was. So. Uh, good for him that he owned up to it, but yeah, that was not a not, not a good look at all. Uh, but uh, Gary Sanchez, the hero for the Yankees, he hit a pinch hit home run, his tenth homer of the season. Uh, still hitting just two twenty eight, but uh, the uh, the two run home run, the difference in this game, it came in the seventh inning, and the Yankees moved to thirty five and thirty two, seven games behind Tampa, six behind the Red Sox, Toronto. In big trouble. They've lost three in a row, seven of ten. They are now at back at five hundred, and they are eight and a half back of Tampa. And you know, and after the game, uh, uh, Charlie Montoyo, the you know, the uh, Toronto manager was like, "Well, you know, we don't need to be frustrated. Losing games like this is tough, but we're playing good." Well, you know, at some point, and this is where you know, uh, sometimes when you have a young team. You know, things are going to happen. Although yesterday, Joe Panic, uh, a veteran, made two errors in the game, and, you know, uh, they were big. Now, Panic normally a second baseman. He was playing third base yesterday, so, you know, makes a couple of errors. And, uh, you know, sometimes the, uh, you know, the young relief pitchers don't necessarily perform the way you want them to, but uh, Toronto needs to be worried. <laughs> they really do. Uh, as far as the Yankees go, uh, they will throw Michael King tonight in the finale of this series, uh, TJ Zoik, who was just promoted from AAA Buffalo, is going to get the start for Toronto. This doesn't bode well. Uh, Zoik was uh, 0-2 with a 6.75 ERA before he got sent down, and now is coming back up to make a start against the Yankees. So uh, good luck. Uh, I mean, I guess the good news is for Zoik, since he was pitching for AAA Buffalo, the game is in Buffalo since that's where Toronto's playing its home games. But uh uh, and uh, the Yankees said that uh, Corey Kluber st has started a throwing program. He's basically playing catch from 60 feet, but uh, he is a long way away from coming back. Uh, Darren O'Day, their right-handed reliever, uh, who has got a strained rotator cuff through a bullpen, and he may begin a rehab assignment this weekend, so that would be good news for the Yankees to get some help in that bullpen. And uh, Luke Voigt, who's got that strained oblique, is probably – about a week away. So the Yankees are uh, starting to play better. 
and they've got some reinforcements on the way, which is good news for Aaron Boone. Uh, not good news yesterday for the New York Mets. Well, actually, it was a, a good news, bad news kind of day. The good news is they beat the Cubs yesterday uh, by a final of 6-3. to three. The bad news is, is that Jacob deGrom got the start and left after three innings with shoulder soreness. I mean, it is, uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, and by the way, those three innings that he pitched, he was damn near perfect. He faced nine batters in those three innings, and he struck out eight of them. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, threw 51 pitches in three innings, 36 of them for strikes, and then the shoulder was sore, so uh, he left the game. The initial test said it's nothing serious, but he's going to get an MRI again today. They're going to keep an eye on him over the weekend. They don't know if he's going to go on the injured list. Uh, look, and he didn't go on the injured list. If you remember, uh, he got pulled when he was pitching against San Diego with flexor tendonitis, right? Um, and didn't miss a beat. Ended up coming back and making this start. Now, this wasn't the flexor tendonitis. This was shoulder issues. Um, and you, but you wonder if the shoulder issue was because he was pitching differently because of the tendonitis that he had, that maybe he changed his mechanics a little bit. It's hard to say, you know, we also know that Jacob deGrom throws 102 miles an hour, literally, you know, so there, there is that, but if you are the Mets, don't you, even if the MRI shows nothing. Even if he says in a few days, I feel okay. Don't you have to shut him down? I mean, I mean, I do look, we are, you know, what? 70 games into the season. You have got to give him at least one start, maybe two off. Look, he threw 68 innings last year. Okay. He's already thrown 67 this year. He threw 68 innings and 12 starts last year. He's thrown 67 innings and 11 starts this year. So he's actually thrown more pitches this year than he did last year already. Now, he is pitching uh, on another planet. He's only allowed 26 hits in 67 innings. He's got an ERA of 0.54. I mean, he is phenomenal. And as such, if you are the Mets, it is your responsibility to take care of this guy. So even if he doesn't want to, if you are the Mets, you got to say, no, buddy, you're missing a start, maybe two. Let's give this some time and, you know, make sure that we can get you through the rest of the season. And by the, by the way, he also had a hit yesterday, too. You, how about this? I mean, not only is he the best pitcher on the planet right now, He's hitting 423, an RBI single. He's it's ridiculous. He's got six runs batted in this year. He's only allowed he's only allowed four earned runs all season, and he's driven in six by himself. Um, and, and by the way, he became the first pitcher since at least 1901 with eight strikeouts over three perfect innings to start a game. So I mean, look, he's in rarefied air. But if you're the Mets, 
you got to guarantee that you're going to have this guy at the end of the season because it's not going to do you any good if you burn him out at the All-Star break and he gets shut down for the rest of the year because you didn't. So even if all the tests come back, fine. You still, you have to rest him. Uh, good job by Sean Reed Foley yesterday, by the way. Uh, coming out of the bullpen, uh, pitched a couple of innings, allowed one run. He ends up getting the win, um, and, and the rest of the Mets bullpen uh, did a great job. So the Cubs, uh, with the loss, still in a first-place tie. Why? Because the Milwaukee Brewers lost again yesterday. Both those teams have lost three in a row, uh, sitting at eight games over five hundred. The Cincinnati Reds, who are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now, just two games back. St. Louis, just three games back. So things really tightening up in the NL Central because the top teams can't win. Uh, the series finale between the Mets and the Cubs are tonight. Uh, Kyle Hendricks will go for the Cubs. He's got eight wins this year. He's 8-4 with a 4-4-6. And Marcus Stroman, who has uh, a 6-4 and four record, a 2-2-3 ERA, has thrown at least six innings in seven consecutive starts. It's the longest stretch of his career that he's done that. He'll get the start for the Mets tonight. So uh, uh, if you're the Cubbies, you need one. And if you're the Mets... Uh, you better get as many wins as you can just in case DeGrom is down for a while. Uh, Mets 10 games over 500, a five-game lead over Philly, seven and a half over Atlanta and Washington. They've got an opportunity to separate themselves if uh, Stroman can get it done tonight. It's 45 minutes past the hour. We've got to take another break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 47 minutes past the hour. Welcome back. To the wake-up call here on a Thursday morning. Got a few minutes left. Uh, some history made in uh, baseball yesterday. Not uh, <laughs> not good history if you're the Arizona Diamondbacks. They lose their 22nd consecutive road game. They tie the New York Mets from 1963 and the uh, 1943 Philadelphia Athletics with their 22nd consecutive loss on the road, and it wasn't close. They got absolutely drilled 13-7 to by the San Francisco Giants, who are now 18 games over 500. Again, uh, they have to be the surprise. And uh, Gabe Kapler has to be the manager of the year in the National League. Uh, and matter of fact, if not for a five-run sixth inning, this game isn't even as close as it looked like. It was 13-2 to uh, before San Francisco, I mean, before Arizona came up with uh, five runs uh, in the sixth inning. But uh, Anthony DiScalfani got the start for San Francisco, went the first five, picked up his seventh win of the season. Uh, Merrill Kelly, uh, who had uh, held opponents to a two thirty five average in his four uh, previous road starts, uh, made it three innings. He walked three guys, uh, gave up four runs, four hits, and uh, picked up his seventh loss of the season. He is now two and seven. Didn't get a lot better when they went to the bullpen. Uh, Buster Posey, his 12th homer of the season last night for the uh, the Giants. They are just uh, uh, doing remarkable things. Brandon Belt, a couple more hits, three runs batted in. Uh, the Giants, as I said, 18 games over 500. they They've got a two-game lead on the Dodgers, a six-game lead now on the San Diego Padres. Uh, they have won uh, three in a row. Uh, again, it's... I still I still don't know how they're doing it when you look at this roster. Uh, the two teams will play again today uh, as Arizona tries to make sure they don't hold the uh, record by themselves. Zach Gallen, one and one with a 3.04 ERA, is going to make his return from the injured list to start for Arizona. 
Uh, it's only going to be his sixth appearance of the year and his first since May 7th. My guess is he's not going to go very far. Uh, I'm sure they'll have him on a pitch limit. Uh, you know, you might get three or four innings out of him. Kevin Gaussman, who has been the ace for the San Francisco staff this year, gets to start. He is 7-1 and one with a 1-4-3 ERA. So uh, it doesn't bode well necessarily for the Diamondbacks uh, today. Uh, as I said, the Giants with that two-game lead over the Dodgers, and that is because the Dodgers lost yesterday to the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies were playing without Gene Segura and without Bryce Harper, but uh, they got a great pitching performance from Zach Wheeler and a couple of guys out of the bullpen as they shut the Dodgers down on just five hits. Clayton Kershaw got the start for the Dodgers, uh, gave up two runs on eight hits, struck out nine over six innings, but uh, the bats could do absolutely nothing. Uh, Reese Hoskins, his 13th homer of the season. That home run that Hoskins hit broke an 0 for 33 streak. 0 for 33. He hadn't had a hit since June 5th. So he went 11 days without a hit. Saw his average fall all the way down to uh, 234. Uh, but a big home run for them the difference in this game. So uh, good for him. The other run was uh, driven in uh, by JT Realmuto for the Phillies. So the Phillies now at back to 500 and the Dodgers 14 games over. The Phillies will have today off, and then they go to take on the red-hot uh, San Francisco Giants in San Francisco starting on Friday. Uh, and then the Dodgers on Friday begin a three-game series at Arizona against the Diamondbacks, so an opportunity for the uh, uh, the Dodgers to get healthy again after uh, losing that game last night. The Padres lost again last night. They lose it in the bottom of the ninth, a, a walk-off RBI pinch-hit single by Charlie Blackman, and Colorado beats the Padres 8-7. That's despite the fact, by the way, that Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a home run last night that went, get this, 400 and 77 feet. I have no idea what the exit velocity nor the, of the launch angle was, but I don't care. All I know is 477 feet is a long way away. By the way, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about the myth at Fenway Park. You know that red seat they have out in the right field bleachers that supposedly Ted Williams hit with a baseball in a home run in a game? That's 502 feet away from home plate. I still can't conceive of a ball going that far. And now, you know, whether it actually did or not, who knows, but it's it's been lore forever, and uh, the Red Sox have commemorated that event with the seat out there. There's no video evidence of it because it was so long ago, but uh, 477 feet by Tatis. At the end of the day, it didn't matter because they still lost. Uh, Tatis did have a couple of hits in the game, as they averaged back up to 277, but Charlie Blackman, uh, with the hit off of Adams in the San Diego bullpen. Blake Snell got the start for San Diego. He was so good his last time out. Yeah, well, yesterday, nine hits and seven runs in three and a third innings. Kyle Freeland got the start for Colorado. He struggled as well. Uh, it wasn't a pretty game. It was a game where, and and by the way, I didn't see any quotes um, in the game story in Colorado about the fact that the not having the sticky stuff on the baseball was the difference. Nobody said anything. Nobody whined about it. Now, maybe it's because it was in Colorado and you usually have games like that there. But, you know, uh, again, it's it's baseball. And, and I think people, 
you know, maybe you don't want to watch an 8-7 game every day, but, you know, seeing some runs scored is not a bad thing. By the way, Colorado at home is 23-14, and 14, so it's no joy to go to Colorado and play. What's amazing is is that Colorado is just 5-27 and 27 on the road. That's, uh, I mean, whew. Uh, talk about uh, home cooking. Um, and we mentioned the fact that the Diamondbacks uh, tied the record for consecutive losses. Well, as the Baltimore Orioles are, are trying to, uh, uh, to join them. The Orioles lost their 18th straight road game yesterday. Uh, despite the fact that the Orioles actually out-hit Cleveland in this game, they lost 8-7. Uh, to seven. Aaron Savali got the win for Cleveland. Now, Savali was not good yesterday. The kid from East Windsor, Connecticut, gave up nine hits and five runs uh, in five innings. But because his team was drilling the Orioles, he picked up his 10th win of the season. He becomes the first pitcher in Major League Baseball uh, to get 10 wins. Aaron Savali is probably headed for the All-Star game this year, which is pretty cool. Uh, but when he left the game, his team was up uh, 6-5. And uh, fortunately for him, the bullpen did a great job. Uh, so Savali gets the win, and uh, Clays picks up his 11th save of the season. Keegan Aiken uh, lasted into the sixth. He ends up giving up all eight runs to the Cleveland Indians. And so now the Orioles are uh, uh, 18 straight road losses. And uh, they will play Cleveland again today in the series finale. Uh, it'll be Eli Morgan making his second big league appearance for the Indians in this one. And Jorge Lopez will get the start for Cleveland. It's the second time, that, or for Baltimore, I'm sorry, it's the second time he's pitched against Cleveland uh, this season. He pitched five innings and gave up just three runs when they beat Cleveland back on June 6th. So maybe the Orioles have a shot today. Uh, to not uh, join the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, the A's with a win yesterday. Uh, Rafi, uh, Ramon Laureano, who is back from the injured list, uh, hit a home run, made a huge catch that uh, saved a home run, and the uh, Athletics beat the Angels yesterday 8-4. to um, Burt Smith got the win in relief. He pitched an inning and a third of scoreless relief. Uh, Griffin Canning got the star for the Angels. Pitched well, but he only lasted five innings. And then uh, Tony Watson, uh, faced six batters and didn't record an out. He ends up giving up five hits, a walk, and six runs in zero innings. He got nobody out, and everybody scored. So uh, this game was won with a six-run bottom of the sixth off of Tony Watson. Brutal. Uh, but the Athletics now, with the victory, uh, sit atop the AL West with a two-and-a-half game lead over the Houston Astros. The A's have won six in a row and eight of the last ten. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. As I said, Sam Dossler will join us tomorrow at 9.30 to talk about the U.S. Open. I hope you can join us. We're going to leave you this morning with some music from David Kirsch, If I Never Stop Loving You. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.